what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. Back to a uh, regular episode of Behind the Gorilla after our uh, handful of WrestleMania detours. Because, I mean, it was WrestleMania, so come on. Yeah. But, okay, so I posted my review of WrestleMania um, last week because you were tax swamped. and um, I was working a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that poll. I don't know how many people voted in it, but when I voted in it, the, the poll you posted on Twitter to say, hey, should Harris leave work to record a WrestleMania reaction today? <laughs> I voted no. I didn't say leave work. You never – you're always at work recording well, these. So but, that, like, that put happen. down what I was doing. Yeah, I said no. Yeah, you were the only one that voted, so <laughs> that was that was the winner. Um, All right. Well, that's good. Anyway, so real quick, we got to get your thoughts on yeah, WrestleMania because yeah, yeah. I don't even think we've talked about it since it happened. We haven't. No, yeah, we haven't talked, talked about it, have we? Shoot. I've talked about it with, I think, a couple other people. So, man. Okay, yeah. Well, then, I mean, you guys, if you listen to the podcast, know my thoughts on WrestleMania, but Harris... Give give me your thoughts on WrestleMania. Okay, okay, I'm gonna have to. It's been so long. I got to try to. I know. I know. Out. Okay. Um, love Seth Rollins going first and winning the title that way. That was a great way to like kickstart the show. Sure. All the funnier because the rumor is that Brock Lesnar decided to do that like during the pre-show. <laughs> like that. That was one story I read. Like as Tony Nese and Buddy Murphy were making their way to the ring, Brock Lesnar was like, "Look, can I just go?" <laughs> <laughs> and so that that was just brilliant because it kind of it threw like it threw the whole show off in a good way like to see paul Heyman striding down the ramp past a confused hulk hogan right and get to the ring and he was like look you guys know brock lesnar if we're not going on last we're not gonna sit here for four hours like let's do it that was brilliant Seven hours, i really loved yeah. that i also love the kayfabe implications of seth in the back like wait what <laughs> I have to go win <laughs> and like running out the front, you know, but I thought that was great. It was really well done. I mean, it was just, it was, it was exactly kind of what you want to start the show and it wasn't like a great match, but it was just chaos. Yeah. The beat down beforehand and then three finishers and yeah, that was, that was a ton of fun. The right call. I was just a little disappointed only for the fact that I know these two would have put on a great match because we've seen this like four times in a row now with Lesnar matches. Yeah, that was the only yeah. thing I was disappointed about is there was definitely a missed good match there. But for everything else, it, it worked and it was fine. Yeah, and I think well, I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit more. But for a show this long, like Jeez. first of all, the show shouldn't be this long, no. which I'll also talk more about. But if you're going to have a show this long, you have to have some quicker matches. Right. Well, they had plenty of you, them. From people that you know could put on a really good classic if they had the time. Like you just have to bite the bullet there. So I was happy with this being a short match. The Kofi moment was great, yep. obviously. Best like moment was... of the night, and it wasn't even close. 
See, here's the like that was an incredible moment. I'll be honest with you, I was more excited to see John Cena come out as the Doctor of Thugonomics. That was the second just best because moment. I was genuinely shocked by that. That was the in second a way I best wasn't moment. By anything else on the rest of the show? But you're right. Like in terms of a WrestleMania moment, like I think it was we were, amazing. We it's 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 in it, it might be in one of my favorite WrestleMania moments. Like it was yeah. so well done, and the, this is what makes it so good. We all were like, okay, Kofi is gonna win this, right? right? Like we were all pretty sure, but they are so good, and they they pace the match so well, and Daniel Bryan is so good that they were able to at least get you. To be like, well, maybe not a couple yeah. of times, even though you knew it was just that good where they were able to put that in there. And so it was still just it was awesome. It was it was such an amazing moment. It was perfectly. Done. Yeah. It, the, the, the addition of the rest of New Day. At yes, Ringside was great. Was great. And they are ever, like, unsung they never... heroes about this whole thing. Xavier Woods and Big E have been incredible throughout this whole yes. thing. And they didn't like the fact that Kofi was still able to win clean, like it didn't get really overbooked or wonky or like right. have the New Day interfering to win. Yeah. But every time he's covered, you see both of them at ringside freaking out and just begging him to kick out. Mm-hmm. That more than anything they actually did in the ring is what made me think, oh, no, he actually might not. Like that was awesome. It was so that great. was really, really well done. Yeah, that and then the John Cena moment, by far my two favorite things of the whole show. That was awesome. I marked out for that. That was I did great. Because he, this is the first time since 2012, and only the second time since he basically dropped the gimmick, like in, or in somewhere in between 2005 and 2008. Some right. since he's only done this once, and it was with The Rock in 2012 on Raw, mm-hmm. and then he hasn't done it since then. So it, oh, it was great. It was great. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And he called it an and FU, the whole- and then Michael Cole still. Did not call it an FU. He still <laughs> didn't do that. And he said, well, now it's called the attitude adjustment and refused to say that. And I was like, you son of a freaking good guy. Screw you, Vince McMahon, for even giving us oh, that and still man. having to go and make sure they know it's an attitude adjustment now. It's like, oh, there my was... gosh. that That's the only okay. thing of the whole thing that pissed me off. But it didn't matter because everything else was amazing. And I forgot okay. about it immediately. But Let's talk about another great Michael Cole moment then on that note. First of all, Batista is just a legend of wrestling. <laughs> he was absolutely incredible. He that was. whole entrance where he got out of well, the car. Well, he's got like the best entrance. He's got one of the best entrances ever when they have Pyro, which they did. And that was another positive with this WrestleMania. Yeah, we, thank goodness. He gets down yeah. to the ring, trips over the rope. <laughs> which I missed. I didn't know that that happened until I saw it on Twitter, actually. Oh, we saw it immediately because well, from the second he got out of the car in his wrestling gear, we were just like, you absolute lunatic. Like, great. Perfect. <laughs> fantastic. That's exactly what you want in a wrestler, like a real pro wrestling kind of just nonsense performance from a guy. That was a good match. But then you yeah. have the moment well, where Triple yeah. H does the Mad Max thing all the way down to the ring. Right. Steps off the car. And then Michael Cole says, guys, wasn't that so cool? <laughs> he did. He did say that. That was funny. Okay, <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. I'm going to talk a couple, a little bit about this. So okay. we've made fun of Triple H's entrances for weeks now um, because most of them are very, very make funnable of. Yes. Um, this was definitely one of the better ones because it wasn't overdone, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have a big, giant football 
pad skull helmet thing on. Like, it wasn't like this giant thing. He was just on this, like, roadster coming out. And that was kind of it. He just had kind of like a vest on and then the mask and that was it. So I was kind of like, okay, good. I like this. Now, can we talk about the 2005 computer animated video that they played before it for yeah, some was that? reason <laughs> that was just like the worst thing ever that looked like a really mediocre playstation 2 game like, it was I don't know horrible it. and i was just sitting i was like why is this here he could have just come out and then you just hear and you see the thing come out it's like why why couldn't we just do that that yeah, would have been great i don't know what the th- that was weird. It was really weird. But anyway, but def- for as far as Triple H Hokey entrances go, this was one of the better ones. I'll give him that. It was that. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael Cole made it all the better. <laughs> he let us know. He let us know just how cool it was. Oh, man. The um, What else happened? Let's see. Let's see. Other than... Okay, but well, another thing, though. With that match, boy, that match was about 15 minutes too long. Jeez, a 30-minute match, it got so boring. It, nothing ha- nothing really happened. I mean, they were just beating each other up. And like, like, that's great, but not for 30 minutes. I enjoyed how, like, much it really looked like they were hurting. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You yeah, really yeah, got yeah, the too. impression that it was two guys who just, like, should not be doing this anymore. Sure. And the fact that it took them so long to get up after every hit and every move, they really sold, like, how brutal it was. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're right. Like, any Triple H match at WrestleMania, it's at least 10 minutes too long. Yeah. It was fine. I wasn't, like, I called the it, uh, it... I called the nose ring part. Um, yeah, it was great. Like, I was sitting there. When he pulled the wrench out, I was like, oh, how great would that be if he just, like, wrenched his nose ring off? And then all of yeah. a sudden, then later, he comes out with a needle nose plier. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to do it. And he did. <laughs> and it was great. It was. I liked you know, I liked that Ric Flair came back after he'd yeah. kind of been forgotten about in the storyline. That made sense. The, yeah. Like, the Superman punch with the hammer was pretty cool. Again, Sledgehammer, stupidest weapon in the history of wrestling because it's the most impractical thing in the world. Like, it's have you ever seen unwieldy. someone actually be hit with a Sledgehammer before? No, because they would die. Yeah. Um, so so well, what they do is they... about it is whenever he holds it, like, at the... Not up at You're the right. top, but at the bottom, like he's about to just brain someone. Because right. Because it's the, you know he won't. No. Like he can't. The only way and anything ever happens with that is they grab, he grabs the end of it, then he grabs yep. the hammer part, covers it with his hand, and yep. then pokes you with it. It's the it stupidest kinda... weapon in the world, but the way they did with the, like, jump off the step thing, it actually, for once, I- I've never seen a sledgehammer hit actually look good, and that looked fine. So I was like, okay, fair. I'll give him that. Yeah. It was a little too long, but it was a solid match. Like, yeah, it wasn't I, I terrible, was but definitely by the end, I did not care. I was just like, yeah. okay, let's go. <laughs> well, speaking of by the end, I did not care. This is the biggest reason why they have to make these so shorter. And I'm going to, I have, I have my own take on this. I don't think they're ever going to have a great main event. Until they make the show shorter. They're never yeah, going to have again. anything on the scale of WrestleMania 30, for example, until they cut the card down a little bit. I agree. Because you can have something with three performers as good as these, and nobody cares. Nope. Well, there's many reasons for that. There's the, obviously the biggest, build. The, the biggest one is the show itself. It's just too long. Yeah. It's also, they really watered down the storyline by the end. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, I've seen so many people talk about how good this match was. The match was terrible. It it was it was it was bad. 
Like there was not a single story was told. Nothing really happened. There was no moment. They didn't even have a Becky Ronda moment. Like, like there was nothing. There's nothing you can write about. There's nothing you can take away from this match as anything other than Becky won. And even that was screwed up. So it's like. Right, there was okay, nothing really you can take away from it, except for Give Joan your... Jett freaking kick, killing it for the entrance for uh, Ronda Rousey, which was by far my favorite part. So give me your theory on what happened at the end. Do you think that's was well, that the scripted finish? I've, I've, seen, that... I've seen a bunch of stuff, obviously, and I don't know what's real. Right. But I think that it, that was the finish and just... In, with the pin, with Ronda taking the pin and Becky doing, I just think they just, it just wasn't smooth and it just didn't quite go right. But I think that was the finish. See, I think, and I don't know anything. This is just my own conjecture. I think the fact that the announcers were scrambling to figure out what to say, like they, there wasn't a clear selling point. And the fact that, like, the rumor is that they find the ref after the fact, right. like, he screwed something up. My own theory on this is that if that had, if, if that was meant to be the finish, which was my initial reaction, I was like, oh, Becky had it scouted. Like, she knew that, like, what the Piper's Pit finish was. If that had been the ending, if the ending is Becky Lynch steals one, then one, I think the announcers would have been more into it. But two, it, it still, it would have worked if the crowd had been into it, like if there had been, right. like you mentioned, a moment well, where it's Becky and it's Rhonda and this is it and this is the end game. Right. There was never any moment where you felt like, you know, at the end of any good wrestling match, you're like, oh, one move can make the difference one way or the mm-hmm. other. Yeah. And that's where you as the audience like gets really into it and is hanging on every move. And they hadn't hit that point. Nope. In reeling the crowd in. So when they had that quick, like it wasn't quite a roll up, but it might as well have been people were just kind of thrown off and it's, you know, yeah. everybody was like, Oh, that's good. We like Becky, but yeah, it I'm, wasn't really satisfying. No, no, not at all. I don't know. I, I still think, I still think that was probably the finish because otherwise the ref would not have been counting. Um, I mean, uh, you, I mean, I don't know how much you've seen, but I've seen plenty of matches where three counts are not done because it's not the finish. Like, I don't know how many times you've seen it where you've seen, uh, you know, like like their shoulders were down, but they kicked out a little late. But the ref kind of stopped. Like you see things like that happen, mm-hmm. and and if that was the case here, it wouldn't have been counted a three. Um, I don't know. And and to me, with Corey Graves, because Corey Graves is the only one who was harping on the fact that her shoulders were up, and mm-hmm. both him and Renee Young are much more reactionary in their broadcast. And I feel like that, I mean, that's kind of their role is to be like that reactionary thing. And that's not Michael Cole at all. Um, Cause he didn't say anything about it at all. And, and, and Corey just kept yelling it, which was kind of weird. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like that was a finish. They just didn't do it well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Regardless, it was terrible. Uh, the finish was horrible. And then, See, is it just me, or did they cut the show off immediately? Is that just me? Or, or did, I think or, that's or, mostly just you, because there's only so much time they have. Like, it, No, it I understand that. that. I understand that. But this is this bit. big culmination of a giant thing we've been planning for months, and Becky finally here, and then it seemed like, over, done, Becky two title belts, on the show. And it was kind of like, mm. oh. Because I remember it went off, and I was like, that was it? 
Like, one, we were already still kind of thrown from the ending, and then it didn't even feel like there was really much of a celebration thing. Like, for well, Kofi, it didn't feel like, there was, like, I mean, this big celebration. Notice. It was great, and there was all the stuff in the ring. Like, I felt like that would have been the case with Becky, too, on some level, just because of how big this is supposed to be. But it yeah, didn't I mean, maybe really I just feel didn't like notice because we were all busy talking about, like, wait, what happened? Was that supposed to happen? Did somebody screw up? Like, I wasn't even thinking about it at that point. Like, you were watching the celebration and like, oh, that's nice, but it really feels like they screwed something up. But see, I didn't think the match itself was bad. I mean, I wasn't watching it in terms of like, oh, she's really selling that limb really well. And oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the psychology yeah. of it that way. But just the story of Ronda Rousey is an insane person who's going to kill herself trying to beat these two probably smarter wrestlers I thought was really good. She just took a lot of punishment in this yeah. match and kept coming, and that was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I just feel like did. it cut off like 10 minutes too quickly, five minutes too quickly. Yeah, no, I I agree with all that, but I still don't feel like there was much much of any structure going on in this match. It was just kind of like, all right, you do a move, and then you do a move, you, and then you do a move. You and it do was really like, hate triple threats, to be I, fair. Well, yeah, because they're dumb matches to begin with, because you can't, there's very limited ways to tell good stories, but they it's like they didn't even try. It was just kind of like, you do a move, then you do a move, then you do a big move. It was just kind of that back and forth, and then there was no like there was no arc to this match. There was no Becky defeating the two odds. There was no, you know, Ronda. I mean, the only one I feel like Ronda had a little bit because, as you were saying, just kind of her being crazy. But but there I was mean, no, there was no, there was nothing to overcome in this I match. I think I think the whole problem with it. Like it would have fit together a little bit more if there had been any sort of end game. Yeah. But there wasn't. Yeah. Like it seemed like they were trying to tell the story of Ronda Rousey as like the Terminator who just keeps getting up and keeps coming. And that works if there's a moment at the end where she and Becky stare each other down. Well, that also works if really she's that also it, works if she's like the face. And that never happened. Also, that doesn't work when you're the heel. That story doesn't work when you're a heel. It, it nobody nobody connects with that. Nobody connects with the heel who keeps getting up and well, it's going. It's not about like, connecting with it. It's just I mean she's playing a different variation on a monster heel that you know Becky would have to slay. Except they it doesn't matter because they didn't do that. Right. Whether I still I still think the ref screwed up and like counted too quickly when he shouldn't have. But whether he did that or not, like the fact that they didn't get to have a real end game and like any sort of real closure to the story within the match. It's pretty disappointing, and it sucks that the crowd, like, even if if they had screwed that up, but it had gone on second, the crowd would have been hot enough to, like, pull it off. Or not pull it off, but pull it off better than this, and that just didn't happen. Right. Because the show was seven hours long, which is a shame. Yes. Uh, No, that and that's definitely, it was a big factor, too. Yeah, everyone was done. Everyone was like, all right, let's go to bed. (laughs) And I've never, like, I would love to go to WrestleMania one day, but when I heard about how bad the transit line was after the fact and people didn't get home till like, 3 in the morning because the trains weren't running enough. Right. I'm kind of glad I wasn't there. I was like, ooh, that's rough. Because you could tell those people were done two hours before the fact anyway. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, But... It was a good show. It was yeah. a really feel-good show. There was a lot of surprising cool moments. And even like acknowledging the main event wasn't as good as it could have been, it's still a cool moment. It's still going to be something that like you look back on years down the line, you're like, yeah, that was pretty cool that that happened. It's just – it's never going to be as good as like 30 or 31 again. See, as I, I, I disagree. I don't – Seven hours long. I disagree. I don't think people are going to look back at this main event at all. 
other than the fact that it was the first women's match. Everyone's going to look back on this WrestleMania and think Kofi Kingston. And that's I the agree. way and that's the way it Which, should be. Right. Well, there's still there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Like if the the worst thing you can say about it is people are going to remember this other really amazing historical moment. Sure. And not the one that went on last. Like it's it was good. Look, compared to what we've had the last few years, this was a really solid show. Oh I no, I I love it. Lived up to its potential, but it didn't end with the crowd booing the main event. No, like it has the last two years. No, so I loved I loved the show. I thought WrestleMania was really good overall. Yeah. I mean, uh, other than the main event being disappointing, I mean, other than there was really nothing else I had a problem with. Really, other yeah. than. The revival th- thing was kind of annoying, but I mean, I, I told I, you it was going to happen. Yeah, and I, I, I should I mentioned it on my podcast review mm-hmm. of it. I heard a guy talking about it afterwards, and he was like, "Yeah, of course, the revival were going to lose because Dash Wilder punched that guy." That was what that guy, this guy, was saying, and I never even thought about it. And he's like, "Huh?" Because the guy who rushed the ring at the Hall of Fame speech. And then that video went crazy of Dash Wilder just knocking the guy completely out. And he's like, look, I love I loved the guy for it. I love Dash Wilder for doing that. But you can't just knock someone out who's been restrained and being, like, taken away, you know. And he was like, this is – and so he was thinking that this is, like, a PR move almost on WWE's no. thing. Of- There's no way. I, I don't think – I mean, that guy, they could have – Yes, castrated that guy right. backstage. I don't think anybody would have gotten in trouble. No, no, no. But but Harris, I'm talking about elite from a legal standpoint, not from a WWE caring standpoint. Like yeah. one, what did the guy do? That. The guy trespassed, and there was mild, mild assault and trespass. Like it's not mm-hmm. like nece- other. Th- if you take the disrespect part out, the guy didn't really do anything that bad. It, no, from a legal standpoint, and 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 and, Look, and and disrespect is not a law thing. So, so from that standpoint, when you look at it that way, it's 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 quote it's unwarranted. Now, I totally agree with all that. Anyway, I think it was great, but I get I I never even thought about it from this standpoint until I heard this guy talking about it, and I was like, okay, that's yeah, that's that's some fair points that, and I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I have no idea. Maybe maybe it didn't, but. It, to me, it was interesting, and it was like, oh, yeah. okay, well, you know, maybe. So See, that, me, that's the only thing. I don't know how this works, legally speaking. I don't really know how the law works. Right. But I feel like it's sort of in that area of, like, if you hop the barricade, like, whatever happens to you is not our fault, especially when it's in something like wrestling or, like, baseball, where right. you being there could endanger the performers and that sort of thing. There's a lot of gray area, like people who oh, like yeah. streak at sporting events or run. Like if you if you storm the field at a baseball game mm-hmm. and Ronald Acuna breaks your jaw, like you don't get to sue Ronald Acuna for that, right? You but know but I mean? when I does w- that, but when does it stop? W- when does that when does that know. stop? Because the guy was already being escorted out by security. He was done, restrained. It was all over. So I that that's where thinking, I'm like, when does it end? I mean, there might be a conversation to be had there. I think it makes a lot more sense. That they were thinking, well, Zack Ryder's been here forever. He's never on television, and every once in a while we throw him a bone. And Kurt Hawkins is kind of in the same position and has been losing for the last, you know, 300 matches. So this will be a fun kind of throwaway pre-show moment for these two guys. And also, we don't care about the revival. I think that makes a lot more (laughs) sense than, oh, he 
punched a man who half the company punched. Oh, no, no, I agree. I agree with you. I was just throwing it out there because I never even thought about it, and I thought it was interesting. That's true. Okay, well, let's... I'm going to transition into what happened the rest of the week now by saying I'm absolutely a total hypocrite and I get that because I talked about the importance of like squash matches and like sometimes people just have to lose clean, right? Especially on a big show to move the card along, whatever. So when Rey Mysterio goes out and just gets absolutely shut down by Samoa Joe, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. And like, I like Rey Mysterio, but I also like Samoa Joe and that's a good decision. It keeps the card moving quickly. It makes Joe look like a monster. Ray's also hurt. Really cared to do. Right. And he's he's actually hurt, so he probably couldn't have delivered as good of a match under those circumstances anyway. So really good call. Um, and then the next night on Monday Night Raw, they have Bailey lose clean as a whistle to Alexa <laughs> Bliss. And I was just furious. You have no idea, Mark. Like, it wasn't quite as bad as the women's battle royal a few years ago. But... Oh, I was real. I was like, Alexa Bliss isn't even good. People just like her because she's hot. No, no, no. I was really mad, and then I had to catch <laughs> myself, and I was like, "You're, you're a mark. You're really dumb." <laughs> oh, that's great. Because like, I get it. I get like, oh, she's back. She hasn't been in the ring in a while. We need to reestablish her. Like, the booking makes sense. I just hate it personally. And then I just <laughs> thought about how, you know, I I knew all these people would be mad that Rey Mysterio got squashed Sunday night, and I was like, ah, get over it. It's good booking. And I'm just doing the same thing. So I'm not thrilled about that, but, uh, you know, I'm going to try not to make a mess of it. That's fair. (laughs) Anyway, so that was the main thing I took away from this week. I know other stuff happened, but I didn't get a chance to watch. eh, It doesn't matter. Both 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 Raw and SmackDown were just not very good. So it was whatever. Both of them were just the impression whatever. I got was they were both pretty mediocre shows. You got the tease of the champion versus champion match, right? Which nobody then, thought was going to happen. And then the bar interfered. Right. Of all people, right? I thought that and was funny. If we're going to have a tag team match, play a uh, of course. Event, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. So I, I, everyone knew. That. Well, I didn't know it was going to be against the bar. I thought it was going to be against a couple other people, but I knew that was going to be the result. Right. Anyway, WrestleMania, it's over. It's fun. We reset. It happened. We can take yeah. a break from wrestling in some some sense and uh, just kind of regroup. So we can uh, <laughs> go back to regular scheduled programming here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harris has the uh, strange topic today, and I'm 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 starting to cringe already because I I don't know what it is, but I think I know what it, what it could entail, and it's gonna be it. You know what? It's just it's gonna be. It's certain. It certainly will. Um, cringe, I think, is the right word. I have some reservations. Might be too strong of a word about talking about this, but it's definitely a delicate topic. Delicate that topic, said, Harris. I, we don't have delicate topics. <laughs> Look, I, I'll be honest. I'm shocked that not only have we not done this before, but I don't think it ever occurred to me to do this until last week's episode. You actually said something that inspired me to do it. Um, on our WrestleMania episode? Yeah, on our WrestleMania episode. How could that about, possibly make you think of anything? Well, I'll tell you how. Um, you were talking about, you know, the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels feud, the original one at 25, and how it was this sort of heaven versus hell, like the Undertaker right. this force of darkness, and here's Shawn Michaels literally, like, descending from the heavens. 
as his entrance. And that was sort of inspired by his, you know, like the fact that he left wrestling for a while and he became a born-again Christian and came back with a completely different attitude, a better work ethic, better mentality, all this kind of stuff. And, of course, they had to try to work that into some storylines. And that was what inspired me to remember this time where Vince McMahon said, well, yeah, we have to work this into a storyline. And what better way to do it than to just make Shawn Michaels a team with his new friend, God. Today we're going to talk about the time that Vince McMahon wrestled God. Okay. I um go yeah. You know, okay. I've been watching wrestling for a long time. <laughs> a really long time. I know a lot about wrestling. I I know a lot of history of wrestling. There's a little bit of a dead zone for me. <laughs> in between like the attitude era and like 2007 mm-hmm. where like I know the big things and I know yep. many things, but I don't know everything. Yep. Um, so like if you guys were paying attention, not a single one of my WrestleMania moments came from any, came from any time in that, that span. Um, except for WrestleMania 20, I guess. Um, I have never, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I think this is the first time that you've done something where I have absolutely no idea I have no clue. I have oh no clue goodness. whatsoever. None. Okay, so I, I'm at a total loss. Fantastic. <laughs> so, well, that's it. like I'd heard about it in the past, like when I was first getting into wrestling, and you read about different crazy matches and stuff like that. I've never even Somehow, read about this. I've never, I've never even read to do about it this on the show before. Like it just escaped my mind. But whoo, boy, Mark. You know, we talked about you know how we we kind of tend to hit on WCW a little too much, right? And that is a shame because this is probably the most insane thing that I've ever seen. And it was in like prime WWE between like mm-hmm. some prime A-list WWE talent. And we've just never thought of it for some I, I I don't know this. Oh, my word. Okay, so first of all, I just want to like – this is where it gets a little bit weird for me because the idea that they would – Oh, this push, is where it gets weird. Well, I just, I just want – I'm going to say this – a little bit at the beginning and then a little bit at the end. As a Christian, the idea that they're pushing and promoting Vince McMahon fighting an actual wrestling match with God on the surface is kind of offensive, which is how I feel like a whole lot of people reacted to this storyline. And we'll get into that a little bit more as we go along. But it's a weird line for me because you can't really tell how much of this is supposed to be happening in the kayfabe story and how much of it is just Vince McMahon has lost his mind. So I say that at the beginning because if for some reason you're listening to this and that idea immediately offends you, just listen to how it plays out and decide for yourself what the story itself like in kayfabe was actually supposed to be. Just bear with me. Because I don't know how I feel about it myself. (laughs) So we're going to start this story about the same point in the calendar year that we are right now. Like WrestleMania season, the the wrap-up from WrestleMania. Basically, at this point, it's 2006. 
So right in that sweet spot of time you know nothing about, Mark. Right. And, yeah, well, and, uh, some about, not as much about. I know right, more right, right, once, right. once once we get to I guess post uh WCW into uh that realm, I know more about it early 2000s thing. But but yeah, not not a ton. Not not a ton. There there's there's blank spots all over that place. Right. And the fact that you just said, you know, up until 2007, you don't know a whole lot of what's going on. Right. Like at this point, Vince McMahon has kind of lost his mind, which he does every few years. You know, he kind of cycles back and forth between being like an ordinary heel who's like an old man who runs the company and is just kind of a jerk to just full-blown masculinity, middle-aged crisis insanity. And he's in one of those phases right now. He's been okay. firing people left, right, and center. Um he started what he calls, and I quote, the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club, which right, is where right. he forces different employees to, you know, kiss his ass and not as a consequence of a match or anything, just to prove that he's the boss and he's in charge, you know, and he justifies Naturally. this to the crowd by saying, well, let's face it, you kiss your boss's asses every day, so it's, it's only fair, like that sort of thing. He's just gone absolutely mad. Is and, this is this before or is is this during or after um he he like the whole uh weird creepy trish thing? You talking about the weird creepy trish thing at WrestleMania X7 that I talked about like where uh, he was like drugging his wife and making out with Trish in front of her all Yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. okay. So that was a few years before this. Yes, yeah, so that was like that was the last time on the cycle that he's gotten this crazy. It's sort of like a cyclical thing, I think, and every once in a while he just hits peak vents and starts doing stuff like this. It's very much right. that same kind of mentality. But yeah, no, it's a few it's 5 years down the line from that. Like he's mellowed out and then he's gone full insanity all over again. Mhm. So Shawn Michaels has been back for a little bit now, and he challenges Vince to a match at WrestleMania basically to prove, you know, to, to bring him back down to size. I think at one point in the build to their match at WrestleMania 22, he literally says, don't you think it's time you grow up a little bit, Vince? <laughs> like you stop <laughs> doing stuff like this because you're 61 years old. And you're a billionaire. Oh, my gosh. That's what. No, no, no. Hold on. That's what you got this idea from. It's because I was talking about Rey Mysterio's match at WrestleMania 22, and then I was saying that before that the match before it was a 20-minute long Sean versus Vince match, and then the I'm, championship match was a 10-minute long crammed-in match. That's totally where this came you, from. I forgot that you said that until this moment. I swear it was all inspired by the Shawn Michaels entrance <laughs> at WrestleMania 25. Well, we're going with the other one. That's fine. I mean, it was probably part of that, too. But It was in the was subconscious. The... So, as you alluded to, they go on to have this insane no-holds-bar match at WrestleMania. And you can kind of tell, watching it, that they probably had some idea of what they were going to do next. Because they aren't being really explicitly like, this is about his faith or anything like that. But they are talking about the fact that, you know, Shawn Michaels has come back with this new mentality, this new religious faith, and... Vince McMahon is going to take him and put him through his own personal hell, that sort of thing. And as Vince makes his way down to the ring, and he is peak steroid Vince right now. Like he's got, he's on the cover of Muscle and Fitness at this point. So he's mm -hmm. got a giant framed poster of the cover at ringside, like on a little easel to show off how jacked he is. And he's like posing next to it and stuff like that. 
and JR is saying things like, you know, I think he'd actually like it if he went to hell because he could just take over the place, stuff like that. But they go on to have this no-holds-bar match, and Sean just annihilates him. It's no disrespect to Rey Mysterio and that championship match you talked about, but it's pretty fun to watch, honestly, because he just <laughs> he just beats the tar out of Vince until he's about to put him away with a you know sweet chin music, and then Shane runs in and interferes and hits him with a kendo stick, so Sean has to get up, power back through, beats down Shane, handcuffs Shane to the ringside, and just makes him watch gets back in the ring, is about to deliver another sweet chin music, and then the Spirit Squad comes charging in, because that was happening at this point. Um, why you know Why Spirit were they is? Why were they coming? Why, what did they have to do with this? They were just kind of, sh- like, they were the McMahon's personal muscle at this point. Like, they were just Okay, there to... I, I, I know about the Spirit Squad. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't know it, they were the was... McMahon's muscle. Wow. Of all the people... Yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird, but like basically it was this male cheerleading squad that Vince oh, and yeah. Shane hired to like pep them up and, you know, fight them. And they were in tag matches all the time. And it was just this, you know, very hateable faction, but that was kind of their job. I don't know. They come charging down to the ring in full like green cheerleader attire with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler's there. It's really fun. They start to beat down Shawn Michaels. Uh, and Sean, you know, he hulks up again. He starts beating them up. He takes one of their megaphones and starts laying them out with their megaphone, which is pretty funny because it's not like a formidable weapon, but they all sell it like it is. And JR's like, oh, way to go, you guys. You gave him a weapon. It's a plastic megaphone like cheerleaders use on the sidelines. <laughs> it clearly doesn't hurt. He hits them with it, and it makes this great, like, conk sound, but it's clearly plastic. Anyway, he lays all of them out. They go crawling away, and then he starts to set up Vince McMahon for another sweet chin music. And then he stops, gets a chair out, beats him up with the chair, teases another sweet chin music, stops, gets a trash can out, puts it on Vince McMahon's head, lays him out on a table, climbs up a ladder, and then dives through it, just like with a sweet elbow drop through the trash can, through the table, through Vince McMahon, drives him into the ring. Stands him back up, then hits him with a sweet chin music and pins him. Right, and I mean that, that, that's a, that's a classic finish. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and Vince McMahon sells it like death because he's a insane old man who's roided out of his mind, but like can't actually fight. So it kind of works in storyline that he just gets killed for twenty minutes. And as they're carting him out, he has like he's on a stretcher, his neck's in a brace, like he's just dead. But he has the strength to still give Sean the finger as they're carting him off the ramp. And for any other wrestler, this would probably be like almost a face turn moment if you imagine like Stone Cold or somebody doing something like that. But of course, this is Vince McMahon we're talking about. So the next night, he comes out to Raw to interrupt Sean. And Sean has been saying, look, I've been here long enough. I just got through this mess with Vince McMahon. I want a championship match now. Like I'm Shawn Michaels. Let's do it. And Vince McMahon comes out and says, there's no chance in hell that I'm giving you a title match because I've got two words for you. And you think, oh, no, he's going to fire him, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. Vince McMahon has been doing. And he says, I've got two words for you, Sean. Divine intervention. And he says, that's right. It wasn't fair that you beat me in a match last night because you weren't alone. You, you, It was me and you. But you had a partner in your corner, Sean. He said that match might as well have been a handicap match. 
because it was really me versus you and God. And Shawn Michaels says what I think we're all thinking at this point, which is, Vince, I think you've like actually completely lost your mind. Like, what are you, <laughs> what is this, what are you talking about? And Vince says, no, 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 no. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lay down a challenge for the next pay-per-view, and we're going to have a fair match this time. Since you've got God in your corner, it's going to be me and the product of my semen, my son Shane, versus Shawn Michaels and God. And Sean doesn't really know what to do with that. <laughs> and JR immediately, like, they, they, the announce team glosses straight over the point about God to say, did he just refer to Shane as the product of his own semen? Why did he do that? That's not a thing that people say. Is that a compliment to Shane? What? Did, why did he do that? But... That's just kind of how the segment ends with Sean in the ring looking not even offended, just like confused. And this is kind of what I alluded to now. Like, it's not really clear in this story what is if this is just Vince McMahon going completely off his rocker. But that is kind of what it reminds you of, at least at first, because the next week. Vince McMahon has decided that, you know, he's got this big tag match coming up. And he's going to go and confront Sean's new partner. So he and Shane go to church. And they rock up at, like, I don't know, it looks sort of, like, vaguely, like, Catholic or Episcopalian. I'm not really sure what denomination it is. But, like, they have holy water in the front. So Vince goes to, like, wash his hands in the holy water because he doesn't know what it is. <laughs> And Shane goes, no, 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 what are you doing? You don't you don't wash your hands in that? And he says, oh, okay. And then he says, oh, hey, Shane, guess what? Guess who I am? And then he drinks the holy water, takes a few steps, and spits it out like Triple H. Like he does a Triple H impersonation with the holy water. Mm-hmm. And then he's, you know, he's looking around the room, and he's like, oh, I, uh, I think you need to sign us in. And he points at the guest book, and Shane says, okay. And he starts kind of writing their name down, and... I think Vince, like, Vince admits he's never been to a place like this before, so he thinks that, like, he should, like, there's, like, a coat check or something, so he gives Shane his credit card and says, see if they take this, and Shane kind of looks at him and looks at the collection plate and says, Dad, it's pretty sure it's cash only. And Vince says, what kind of operation are they running here? And he snatches his credit card back and starts, you know, striding around the church, like, looking for God, like he's going to cut a promo on God or something. And he looks around, he sees the red carpet on the floor, and he says, oh, check it out. He gave us the red carpet treatment. Like this whole, it's it's kind of uncomfortable, but it's also kind of hilarious because he just so clearly, like, the story they're telling is clearly Vince McMahon is an insane, terrible person right. who doesn't know how God works right, or, like, what any of the rules are. So he gets to the front, and he just, he kind of he kind of stands there. And he basically cuts a promo on God. Like, he calls out God from the front of the church, and nothing happens. And then he says, well, I'll just go ahead and talk to you then. Um, You know, God, you and I, we're not so different. You created the world. I created world wrestling entertainment. Right, naturally. Uh, Naturally, right? He says, you created Adam and Eve. 
I created Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan and other guys like that. Um, but you probably don't like me very much, God, because I've broken just about every rule you've ever had, and I'm still immensely wealthy and powerful, and I have everything I've ever wanted. And he just kind of goes on and on like that for a bit, talking about how, you know, he's got his own set of Ten Commandments, which includes, you know, I am the boss of WWE, and thou shalt worship me, and thou shalt not cast thy urine into my face, which I think was something Shawn Michaels had done earlier that prompted this whole thing. And thou shalt not cross thine arms and say unto me, suck it. And Shawn Michaels has broken all of my commandments, so I'm going to punish him at backlash. And that's kind of how this whole thing wraps up. (laughs) Right. But that's kind of like, this kind of stuff just keeps happening. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Other than Vince McMahon is cutting promos on God, like week in and week out. And Shawn Michaels doesn't seem like particularly bothered by this, which is kind of weird. Like you would sort of think someone in this position would be offended by this, but his mentality is a little bit more just Vince McMahon has lost his mind and I'm just going to have to like elbow drop him through a trash can again to beat it out of him. That's kind of how he's treating it. Anyway, the next week, Vince and Shane come out, and Vince announces that he's actually, he he doesn't want anyone to be offended or think that he's mocking anyone's religion just because he doesn't really adhere to the tenets of one. He says, no, no, I, I believe in all religions. After all, they're all pretty much the same. That's what he says. And in fact, he's promoted his own religion. It's one he's been following in private for many years, but he's ready to share it with the world. Uh, he's a follower of McMahonism. Wow. That, yeah. That's a total, total, uh, right turn there. To- total out of left field. Um, and that's out of nowhere. Yeah. Right. And when you hear it, you'll be really surprised because McMahonism is basically just the idea that Vince McMahon is the one true Lord and God of uh, sports entertainment. Okay. And see, I had it all wrong. I was way off. What do you think it meant? Um, I I thought I thought it was um, no, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> because his mentality is that he is the boss, and anyone who works for him or pays a ticket to see his show must submit to his authority. Naturally, which keen listeners may observe is exactly how Vince McMahon has operated his entire life. Right? Yeah. No. No. There's so, nothing wrong. There, there, there's no wrong statement you just made there. No, he's. He's pretty much nailed it, and I guess you could make an argument that this is a pretty clever satire of the way people approach religion anyway, because he's basically like, no, I just I do my own thing, but also I'm God, and I'm the most important thing in my own life. And again, up until this point, like I'm going to make it very clear, like a lot of these comedy segments have been funny, because it's clearly Vince McMahon and his ego thinking that he can take on God. And that, that is kind of amusing because he just he doesn't know how any of this works. It almost works as a joke because it's like the character has seen, you know, sort of like the, the Tim Tebow use of verses where he's like, you know, I can do all things through Christ or whatever. And he thinks, well, I'm Vince McMahon. I can actually, if, if Shawn Michaels is, you know, appealing to some higher power, I can beat that higher power in an actual fist fight. And it's almost kind of funny because it's so clearly like all in his own head. But then 
this same week that he's introduced the tenets of McMahonism, he comes out to the ring to interfere in a match that Shawn Michaels has with Umaga. And right after he's been all but beaten down by Umaga, like the match is all but over, he stops the match, steps, steps into the ring, locks Shawn Michaels into the ring ropes, you know, so he's kind of trapped in that pose between the second and third rope and he can't get out, you know, right. he's prone. Leaves the ring to get a steel chair, and then as he turns to step back into the ring, lightning strikes the ring and blows him back to the ground. And okay, he looks around. He's a little shocked by this, as you know you would be. Sure. And Jr. and Jerry don't really know what to make of it, but they're like, "Oh, that was just that was weird. I don't know what happened there." Vince tries to get back into the ring from the other side. Boom! Another lightning strike, explosion. He's catapulted back to the floor. And he turns tail and runs, and we leave Jr. to try and figure out, like, what is, you know, like, they can't come out and say it, because for some reason, for them, that would be too far, but they're clearly like, oh, I don't know what it was, I guess it was divine intervention, and then Vince gets back to the top of the ramp, he turns around, and he says, no, I'm just being silly, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna actually do it, you know, and he starts to charge back down the ramp, and then the ramp is struck by lightning, and catches on fire. Whoa. And Vince is, like, trapped at the top. Shawn Michaels is just now starting to come to his senses and doesn't really know what's happening, but he knows he can't move. He doesn't really know what's going on. And Vince is, you know, looking shocked and appalled and throws the chair down and storms off. So now things have become a little bit more complicated Um, because that clearly wasn't part of Vince's plan. Uh, uh, Yeah. Also, like, what is the... It was working before, and now the kayfabe implication, we've gone in this weird sort of DDT direction, is the best way I can think of it, and we're we're supposed to believe that God is actually getting involved in wrestling, which is kind of where we start to, in, in my mind at least, get away from this is a, you know, poking fun at Vince McMahon as a crazy person whose arrogance is made him think he can actually fight God. And now it's like, no, 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 we're going to have an actual match. Like, this is a kayfabe character, and we're going to do this. So, okay. I don't know how I feel about it at this point. But then we we make our way to Backlash. And this is really the moment, the, the most infamous moment from this storyline. This is the moment I thought of when I decided to do this. And, okay, so we made it to Backlash. This is the pay-per-view immediately after WrestleMania. There's a pretty bananas video package that is all about, you know, Vince McMahon and his blasphemy and his declaration that he's going to beat God in a fight and it's going to be a tag team match with him and the product of his semen. It is peak insane Vince McMahon. (laughs) I will say that because he's used that line multiple times and there's been many allusions to like him and his grapefruits, and when he's talking about McMahonism, there's a bit where he's photoshopped himself into that portrait of, you know, God giving life to Adam that's on the roof of the Sistine Chapel, except it's Vince McMahon. And it's just, you know, it is peak insane Vince McMahon. And if you ever want to, like, really see him go off the rails, this is kind of a lesser-known moment, but it's absolutely him at his most insane. So... We get to the pay-per-view. Shane makes his way down to the ring. Money, 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 money. And then Vince makes his way down to the ring. And 
you know, he's wearing that thing that kind of looks like a black trash bag that's like his <laughs> ring gear, and he's just he's roided out beyond all comprehension. Like, this probably is the most jacked he's ever been. I mean, he looks insane, and like, you know, he's all bronzed up and kind of gross looking, but JR is in peak righteous indignation, you know, and he's really, if at WrestleMania he was kind of hinting at it, now he's just openly calling McMahon satanic and saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he already rules down there. And JR is very biased, by the way, because he's oh, okay. been forced to join the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club right. during this whole build. It's Anyway, so he's just indignant. Jerry is trying to treat the whole thing as a big joke, but like JR is just genuinely uncomfortable. And he's really not the only one. So Vince gets down to the ring. And he takes the mic because he wants to do he wants to do the introductions here. And he says, um, well, I want to introduce Shawn Michaels, his partner. Um, he goes by many names. He says some call him the Holy Roller, the hipster from heaven, the man upstairs. Hailing from the kingdom of heaven, please welcome God. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there. Um, so, um, I didn't know hipster was even a term in 2006, to be perfectly honest. I didn't either. I didn't know that was like a billable thing. Not only did I not realize it was a term, I didn't realize it was, it was a term that had been around for so long, it had enough time to where Vince McMahon could actually say it. Well, Vince McMahon is hip and with it, man. He's, he knew all about Pat McAfee's tuck shorts at WrestleMania. He's, he's with the trends. Oh, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> that is a great point. Um, it, it's a weird, like, I'm just going to break, I'm just going to break kayfabe for a second. It's It feels like this entire build, they would always dance around, like, a real world, actual religious conception of God and just use weird euphemisms. So the fact that he didn't use any of the actual titles for, like, the Judeo-Christian God here is kind of a sign that he knew this was a terrible idea and would offend a lot of people but also it kind of just feels like in storyline Vince McMahon has lost his mind because what happens next he he gets through all that and he says hailing from the kingdom of heaven please welcome God and then the lights go out and this harp music starts playing with like angelic choruses singing and a spotlight shines on the ramp and starts slowly making its way down to the ring. And Vince McMahon is shocked that like he doesn't, he, he looks like, Oh, what, what, what's this? What's going on? Like he didn't expect this to happen oh. or he didn't expect God to actually show up or he's just, making fun of Shawn Michaels and he's just being, you know, a dick right now. Like he's just pretending to be shocked and respectful. And the reason I say that is because the spotlight gets about halfway to the ring and Vince gets back on Mike. He says, hold up, hold up, hold up. Listen, this isn't a, we're not going to do things your way here. We're going to do things my way here. God, and the camera very obligingly cuts back to the spotlight sitting on the ramp. And Vince McMahon says, this is WWE, you know, have some, um, 
Let's let's get jiggy with it. You know, have some style. Harris, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> what? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I'm not done. Oh, I know. God. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. Just keep, wait. Just let your thoughts out right now because I've got more to go. But I just want to know like where you and where the listeners are. As you've as you've been aware, I have remained quiet throughout this whole thing. Yes, and I don't mean to just steamroll you. No, 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 no. This This is my choice. I because I have nothing to add to this. I have had nothing to say. There's nothing to be said except for this is the dumbest thing I've ever. This is. This this might be worse than the hornswoggle thing. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, it's like the same year, too. It was like the next yeah. year that the hornswoggle one happened. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same it's the same kind of Vince McMahon that we're dealing with here, right? This is horrible. Well, at this point, he stops. He says, "Let's get jiggy with it." And then the music changes to like this funk. I want to know what Vince McMahon's goal is with this whole thing. I don't know. Where's the goal? Where's this going? Is 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 this getting heat? Is this getting crowd reactions? I need to know. It's a combination of like, it's it's where I am right now, which is like, I don't know if this is supposed to be like a clever character study in how insane Mr. McMahon, the kayfabe character, is, and how much of this is just genuinely offensive. And the heat that it's getting is a weird combination of, like, boo, Mr. McMahon, and boo, this is terrible. Why are you doing this? What is happening? Well, we've talked about we've talked about Vince McMahon and how yeah. – I even talked about this with my dad this weekend. It, it's He's the ultimate paradox. Vince McMahon is the ultimate paradox in one human being. Yeah. Because he, at the exact same time – is probably the most brilliant guy in the history history of wrestling and also the absolutely most idiotic moron in the history of professional wrestling in the same human being somehow and it doesn't make any sense yeah and and well, and, and, and this the, because we've talked about and it's I'm pretty sure it's well documented Vince McMahon's quote unquote sense of humor that nobody else uh, gets with gets or agrees with 90% of the time. That yeah. is how we get um, half of the things we've talked about on this program. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this and, might be the best example of that, to be honest with you. This or or the one where he's um, implying that – which was the one where he was implying incest with like Stephanie? Which one was that? I don't remember, but that I know was what a thing. You're talking about. That was a thing. Um, yeah, and it's just like one of those things you can see some somewhere in his mind. This is really funny. F- yeah, for for unknown reasons. Well, but it's one like, of those things where the, well, whatever his goal is, it is it never got out of his head, and it's just stuck in there, yeah. and nobody else can tap into it. Well, that's the only thing in. I can think of. Strap in, because we haven't even... Okay, so... Oh, my gosh. Up until this point, it's been very much... Like, from the beginning, he said, well, this wasn't really fair, because our WrestleMania match was really a match between me and you and God, and Which, which I get have... that, because he's right. the heel, and he's... It's excuse for losing. Like, that's okay. That's okay, right. at this point. <laughs> and then, 
the, the idea, like, it's just gone so completely to his head that he thinks he can beat God in a wrestling match, or at least he's going to claim to. But then we pivot to, you know, like, he's visiting a church, and he's like, yeah, I've never really been here before. And Shane's like, you sure this is a good idea? And he's like, yeah, of course it's a good idea. Come on, let's go. Like, And then he's creating his own religion, and it's like he won't ever come out and just straight up, like, like I said, like that introduction he just gave. He won't come out and say like any of the phrases that people actually will use in church because right. he knows that's a bridge too far. But he's still being does really. Does he though? Like, does he though? No, I don't think so. <laughs> that's the thing. Like we get to this point. Okay, I'm plugging back into the story here because there's more to go. The spotlight makes its way down to the ring, and Vince McMahon says, "No, no, we're not going to do this your way. This is WWE. Have some style. Get jiggy with it." And then the music changes. And it plays like this funky, like almost like a Seinfeld theme, like bass line. Like it's like, bow, 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 and Vince starts dancing. All right, dancing from now on, I'm going to cut alone. I'm gonna cut that little audio clip right there, and that's going to be our new intro. You just going, bow, 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 bow. Perfect. It's just me singing. So Vince is like dancing around the ring, getting jiggy with it, and the spotlight is still moving, but like presumably getting more jiggy with it. It's sort of like the emperor, you know, who has no clothes sort of situation where we're all supposed to pretend that we can see him doing that. And he, he goes around the, the spotlight goes around the ring once and he, and then it kind of elevates up and it's inside the ropes now. And Jerry says, Oh, he's in the ring. He's in the ring. And Jr. says what we're all thinking and just very disappointedly, in almost like he's resigned himself to the fact that this is what he does for a living. JR just says, <laughs> call the police. <laughs> just, he's so. Oh, that is. I love he's it. So I love it. I love it. And the spotlight has now reached the ring. And as it, you know, as it has gone past the announce table, it's like, they didn't even decide what their sales pitch was going to be. And Jerry was like, do you feel it? Do you feel it? JR. And JR is just like, I feel God in my life all the time, but this is just, <laughs> he can't, he can't even articulate it. He's just so disgusted. <sighs> and this is the beautiful thing about Jr. You can kind of tell when he's storyline disgusted and when he's just disgusted that this is what he does for a living. <laughs> and this is kind of one of those. Yeah. Moments. There's many of those moments we've, we've discussed with Tony Schiavone as well. The difference is yeah. Tony Schiavone is a little bit better at hiding it. I feel like, because yeah. because there was a, such a long extended stretch of WCW where stuff like well not stuff like that but where just ridiculous stuff was going on where he just got into this autopilot of excitement and yeah. kind of like Michael Cole in a way yeah and and so but Jr. <laughs> Jr.'s is so much better because he yeah yeah right he, well you can yeah. really like you can tell almost by watching this who is actually religious and who's not by who is making a joke out of it and who is just like please stop like i don't i don't want to <laughs> right so no I'm not, okay so the spotlight i'm gonna say god in quotation marks i've been doing that this whole time the spotlight is in the ring now and vince goes oh he's behind me he's behind me and like turns around really quick and like squares up with God a little bit. And then he turns to the ref and he says, ref, wait a minute, ref, check him out. And the ref looks at him like he's blown a gasket. Like, I'm sorry, what? And Vince kind of slaps him upside the head and says, check him out, check him out. He could have anything up his sleeve. 
So the ref kind of turns and looks at the corner where the spotlight is and looks back at Vince and kind of starts to make his way across the ring like he's about to pat down God for weapons or something. But he doesn't know what to do. Like he's just looking at an empty spotlight and he sort of kind of starts to put out his hands to check for weapons. And then Vince says, no, you know what? You know what? Forget it. You know what? Bring it on, God. You want it your way? Let's do it. Let's make this match a no disqualification match. And then Shawn Michaels comes out. So JR points out, and this is where I think we're kind of back into the theory that this is just Vince McMahon losing his mind as a way to get back at Shawn Michaels. And like that from the beginning, he's orchestrated all of this to one, make fun of Shawn Michaels and two, beat him up in a match because what he's essentially done now, Jr. points this out. He's, he's essentially just made this a no DQ handicap match because it's Shawn Michaels and he has to fight both Shane and Vince. And it's not right. like a proper tag match. It's just a two on one. Right. And, you could kind of take that to be like, that's what the story has been all along. It's just Vince McMahon, the character being disrespectful, but also lightning struck the ring two weeks ago. So like, I don't know what they thought they were doing here. If there was any actual kayfabe implications of this or not, but now the match starts. And from this point on, it's basically just a match. Like there's not any, crazy superstitious supernatural things that happen so after all of this after all the build after the entrances after the checking for weapons they just kind of have a match and they brawl up the ring for a bit and shane teases a pile driver on the ramp which was kind of insane because i thought he might actually try to do it and then it doesn't hit of course and then sean tackles vince off the stage and then he super kicks them both on you know sets him up on tables and he's about to drive them both through the tables and pin them both at once. And I just, at some point in all of this, they've gotten the upper hand, right? They've beaten Sean down because the spirit squad has come running in. Sean had to jump off the ladder. Like he was going to jump through Vince and Shane on two tables, but the spirit squad came running in to interfere. So he dives on them instead and starts beating them up. They leave him. They, they eventually overpower him because it's all of the spirit squad and Shane and Vince. And then Vince grabs the mic and says, and, and he stops and he looks back at the corner where all of this started, where we last saw the spotlight. And he says, what do you think of this? God, what do you think? What are you going to do? Hey, Hey, where are you going? And he starts tracking like he's miming and his eyes start going down the stairs and down the side at ringside and back up the ramp. And the camera very obligingly cuts to an empty ramp where presumably Vince McMahon sees God just walking out on his tag team partner. And then he leaves. And Vince is like, well, that's what I thought. And then they beat up Shawn Michaels. The spirit squad throws him through a table and then Vince pins him. And the spirit squad carries him out, like, up the ramp and out the back. And the last thing we see is Vince McMahon, like, shaking his fist to the heavens and saying, what do you think of that? I did it. 
I beat God. And then we're done. <sighs> thanks, so. for, thanks for listening to Behind the Gorilla, everybody. <laughs> it's been a painful experience. I hope you're still with us. hope you'll return with us next week. I promise they're not all really? like this. Every now and then we have one that we just have to touch on because WWE deserves it. But I'm just... I have... What? Just give me what you're thinking right now. Just, Harris, just let me have it. I, 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 I have, I have no thoughts. I have no mm. thoughts. This is one of the worst things I've ever heard of in my life on many, many different levels. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I got, so, I got nothing. Vince McMahon, the paradox of all paradoxes. The who thought this was an idea one that was good two <laughs> that people cared about three that would draw money why are we here why are we the here drum- why are we here oh, i don't know man this is what i told you i told you this afternoon i was we i watched tiger woods win the masters and make like the greatest comeback of all time and it was amazing sports moment and i thought to myself i have to go watch vince mcmahon in a wrestling <laughs> match where he pretends he's fighting god now what why do i do this oh man so here's the thing like i'm just i don't know how to feel about this one because on the one hand this is obviously really offensive to like a lot of people and the fact that they built and marketed and like promoted this like you can find like the you know like the ring pictures of it you know like where they have the stare down between two wrestlers yeah except it's Shawn michaels and God on one side, and it's just like a spotlight with a halo. And you're like, this is legitimately offensive to right. literally billions of people that this would be something so like trivialized and used to sell a bad wrestling match. But yeah. they also tried to have their cake and eat it too and make the story like, right, this is horrible. Look at how horrible Vince McMahon is. It's horrible that he's pretending that this is something to be taken lightly, but like you can't do both of those things. Nope. And they really did try to like the funniest part about all that, like watching this, you think how was Shawn Michaels okay with any of this? Right. Because he really is genuinely like an outspoken born again Christian and had been ever since he came back to the company. And that was a big reason for doing this storyline in the first place. And if you wonder why he would go along with this, all I can tell you is so did everyone else. Right. Literally, like, they didn't think it would fly. They've, I have, you know, interviews with people, like, they would ask Triple, like, Triple H was shocked that this ever happened. This is, like, Shawn Michaels' best friend. And he's like, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't think he would go for that at all. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, on the surface, it seems pretty, really, like, really blasphemous and really offensive. And if, like... I think the thing is they almost could have made it work if they had just committed to this is Vince McMahon being a terrible person. But the fact that it was literally like officially on promo materials and stuff like that, like it didn't matter how uncomfortable and offended JR was. Clearly the company was willing to like 50-50 book it and say like, well, if you think it was God, then it was. And he's a kayfabe character now and all this stuff. And it's just terrible like vince mcmahon himself said 
this was his thinking. Like not in, like years after the fact, they interviewed him, and he was like, "Well, my thinking was, I figure, obviously, he's not you know like personally religious or anything, but he said, well, I figure God must have a sense of humor, and there was humor to be gained from the fact that you know, no, there wasn't." I, this is the paradox, right? There's this no is, humor in mentality. here. There's no humor whatsoever. I don't think one single solitary person thought any of this was actually funny. I mean, the only reason I feel like Shawn Michaels would go along with it is he just at least thought it was so stupid that no one would ever take it seriously, like take it at face value. Right. I don't think that's a lot to be said for it. But that was – you talk about the paradox. Like he said later, yeah. He thought there was humor to be gained from the fact that the evil Mr. McMahon was so egotistical that he thought he could fight God. And he just thought that was a really clever, like, character study. Except, again, like, they didn't even commit to that fully and right. say, like, it's just Mr. McMahon, like, playing with the lights and making fun of this spotlight when he's really in on the joke the whole time. Because when you watch the match live, that's kind of how it comes across, and it almost works. But then there's also moments like in the build where he's struck by lightning when he's about to attack Shawn Michaels. Like, I, it doesn't work. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. I have one other quote that I wanted to, that I feel like sums it up pretty well. And this is from the... It's a pro wrestling illustrated writer who was, you know, covering it at the time. But he basically like he points out that even if you're not religious at all, this doesn't work because there's no wrestling payoff to it. Right. Because they did the same thing. Like they tried to split it down the middle and say, well, maybe it's actually God or maybe it's just Vince McMahon being, you know, being obnoxious and blasphemous and he'll get his comeuppance one day. But like this guy points out. He says, there was a segment of fans that were offended, but I think most fans were simply annoyed because it was a highly promoted pay-per-view match with no payoff. Right. They, they were building this angle around the personal religious beliefs of a top performer, and he says, if it was going to be done, there should have been some measure of seriousness about it. Either Michael should have displayed, like, the heartfelt intensity of a man whose principles are being mocked. Right. Because, you know, if, if we're assuming, like, this is Vince McMahon mocking Sean, or something more serious should have happened. Like, if you're going to, like, go 50-50 with it and at least tease the idea that somehow God is a character in this wrestling show, again, I'm using quotes when I say that, then there should have been some crazy blow-off where he's, like, killed off or, like, bona fide, like, struck by lightning at the end. That at least would have made some wrestling sense even though again personally i think that's pretty offensive it at least would have made wrestling sense right and they just they just did neither so Shawn michaels really no sold it the whole time and acted like vince was crazy but also sometimes there were moments where they're like no he's actually this is really happening and he's really here right now and all that happened was like the spirit squad interfered and this kind of just pivoted into what you probably know the Spirit Squad from, which was their feud with DX. Because right. Sean and Triple H reunited DX later in that year and had a feud with the Spirit Squad and eventually shipped them back to OVW, and it was this whole thing. But that was kind of the end of this angle. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out. So, okay, you left out in doing this. What what has Sean been doing? 
as all this is going he on. Hasn't, he hasn't really been doing that much. That's the thing. He's not like taking it personally or like defending it in any clear way. Like the, the first thing he said, the night Vince came out and was like, it was a handicap match and God was on your side. He was like, you're insane. You've lost your mind. And he's just no sold it this whole okay. time. Yeah, see that, that, see that to me is even weirder. Like, cause yeah, cause that's what you were well, talking about the, you know, the wrestling payoff part. It's like, yeah, cause we, I, there's been, I, I don't remember there. It's been used before with Shawn Michaels in other ways, right? Where, well, where, think... where he's re- responded to stuff. And so that, that, that's almost the thing that makes it even more bizarre is the fact that it wasn't even like it was an angle. It was just like the ramblings of Vince McMahon and no one else even took part of it. I think in his mind, this is, this is why I think this is so interesting and I'm kind of split on this. Like I think in his mind by refusing to take it seriously, like that, that's why he was okay with the angle Yeah, because he was like, this is so transparently terrible that I'm not even going to pretend that this old man has a point when he's clearly just a crazy egomaniac. Yeah. And like in his mind, if he had stooped to like actually providing some sort of defense, that was what would have pushed it over the edge and made it like by treating it seriously. That's when he would have like actually overstepped the line. I think that's how he felt about it personally. I get how on paper you think that's a good idea, but when they try to do both and like take it seriously at the same time, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yes. That's that's about all I have to say. I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't have a David Arquette segment. So he's, well, he's back the same way Tiger Woods is back. That was he did tweet that out today. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, uh, no, no, David Arquette thing, which is disappointing because I like playing the music, but. I, you can I just loop nothing. me beatboxing or doing that. Just you know, loop that a little bit. Yeah, but that's not the same, Harris. <sighs> guess, it would only it would I only guess. be the same if we created our own David Arquette song based around you making that noise. <laughs> Which well, is a strong possibility. Now that I've said it, um, look, but people but, tune in hoping to be entertained by something. So yeah, well, I know he's got some matches coming up. At the end of like the end of this month, I think he's got a couple of them. I know he has a match coming up next week against uh, Mr. Kennedy slash Mr. Anderson slash whatever he goes by now. Um, Would it be because he was uh, he was Kennedy in WWE, right? Yeah, and now he's and then he's Anderson in TNA, and I guess everywhere else. Uh, yeah. So I guess we've talked enough about David Arquette where I put this at the front. So if you heard me saying I didn't put it at the front, I lied. I did put it at the front. Um. Yeah, and then he has another match, I think, coming up at the end of the week against King Brian, which has been on tap for a while. And I think he has scheduled another one, if I saw correctly, for coming like for sometime in June, I believe. So I think he has a handful of matches coming up, which is uh, which is always always good. And then, of course, he yeah. had the one last week during uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, I'm going to actually try to watch some of these because I didn't get to watch the WrestleMania one because I was too busy, but... If it's on Fight TV or whatever, I'll I'll drop some I'll drop twenty thirty bucks to see a David Arquette match. Why not? Uh, yeah. You don't have to. That's fine. <laughs> I'll just tell you what happens. No, I, mean, I get it. I totally get it. But like, I feel like you are the more hardcore fan. So no, I'm the more less money fan. 
That's fair. No, that's yeah. fair. But anyway. like, you like Ready to Rumble and stuff like that, and you got us the interview with him, so I feel like I have to prove myself and actually watch him wrestle a little bit. You don't have to prove yeah, anything, yeah, that's, you know? that's fair. I reached out to him again, trying to see if he wanted to come back on the show, but I haven't heard from him. That was, <laughs> that was at the beginning of this week. Thought I'd throw it out there, but... That's fine. No avail yet, so we'll see. We'll see if I we've mean, been shunned by... Um, by well, our patron saint or not, but who knows? He'll just be like, man, did you did you listen to that last episode? I don't want to be back <laughs> on that show. <laughs> which is fair enough. Yeah, and if you are listening, David, which you're not, but if, if you were, yeah, we would love to I have mean, you back because it was what a lot was of the initial the goal way back when we started this? It was to get followed or blocked by David Arquette. And that We've happened? done one, so now we have to do the other. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought of that, huh? We should just come full circle, just turn on him, put, yeah. create a new logo with an X over his face. <laughs> Behind the gorilla turns heel. Become the anti-David Arquette. Yeah, huh. we hate David Arquette. <laughs> I'd have to think about that. Interesting, we, interesting. Hmm, create a, create hmm, a Twitter feud. Create our own Twitter feud with uh, with David Arquette. Interesting. Hmm. 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 We'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, that's it for the show. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with another crazy episode. Make sure and give us a follow on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. If you're a wrestling person, wrestling fan, which I would assume you are if you're listening to this. If you're not, what is wrong with you? Um, then, uh, yeah, we'll definitely give you a follow back on there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Markbrand. I'm at Harris Wilson. Uh, let us know if you made it through this whole thing. Watch it for yourself if you're at all interested and tell us what you think because I'm curious to see from other people watching this if it worked at all or if it's just stupid and offensive because yeah. like I said, it, I'm kind of torn. Like it almost worked. I'm curious to see how other people think of it. Yeah, no, that is fair. Yeah, reach, reach out to us on uh, Twitter and let us know. Also, go ahead and give us a review and a rating on iTunes. That always helps if you think this is terrible and what are we what are we bashing the great Vince McMahon for with his things, then give us a one star. That's fine. You're an idiot, but that's fine. Um, and then if you if you thought we're great, which you're also an idiot, you can give us a five star <laughs> review. <laughs> that's great too. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. That does it for another episode of Behind the Gorilla. And we'll uh, talk to you guys next week.